Hello. Welcome to Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese, episode number 179. It's glorious to have you here on my birthday week. How long do you extend your birthday for? Well, this is now be going for one, two, three. This is the fourth day. The fourth day of my birthday. I mean, you have to do the whole week, don't you, really? Just to get the whole effect, the whole enjoyment to milk it. It's like the birthday cow. You want to milk all that good cream out of the cow. And it has to be the full fat. It has to full, be the full fat cream. It has to be the gold top. You can't do semi-skimmed. And skimmed would be ridiculous on your birthday. You need the gluttony of full fat, full cream milk on your birthday. That's how you have to indulge yourself on one's, uh, on one's birthday. 8th of April. It is lovely to once again join you and be part of your preamble, your precursor, your appetizer, your aperitif before the weekend. And uh, we've reached the heady heights of 179. Can you believe it? Can you believe that we've really got to that number? I mean, it's a phenomenal effort, really. It's a phenomenal effort for you to listen to this constant drivel this drabble, this dribble for, it's been a couple of years now, hasn't it? I think it's been almost two years since I decided to polish up my microphone, hop behind it and give you some enjoyment every week. Some audio delectation, a little bit of an audio massage. We talk about massages later. I think now I'm 45, it's very, very important to get the blood rushing into every part of your body as often as you can. And I think the masseuse, I mean, these, uh, these Asian, these Chinese masseuse, oh my gosh. I'll be waxing lyrical about these guys. I mean, you can go to massage parlors and everything else, and it's sort of, you get the little bit of a chit-chat at the beginning. My love was talking about the, I mean, so you get this chit-chat at the beginning, 10 minutes, it's an hour-long massage, and then they have to go back and get you know everything they need—the hot towels, the oils, or whatever you, that you're having rubbed on you, the expectorants—and <laughs> uh, see, there's where 20 minutes has already been wasted. But these guys, these Asian guys, I think they're from China. They get right down to the business. There's no preamble. There's no foreplay when it comes to the massage. They get right down into it, and they'll get right down into you. Anyway, we'll be talking about that later as well. And the folly of the big and tall. The trouble I find is the big is too big. It gives me the sort of uh, diameter of a Richard Branson hot air balloon, which I don't really need. I mean, I've got a little bit of belly on me, but I need the length of the back. I've talked about this before on the podcast many times is I'm hunched over the microphone here. This is why I need a massage. Is this show gives me the most terrible posture of all. Um, but the, yeah, the length, I need the length, but I don't need the width necessarily when it comes to clothes. And who would have thought that it would take, I think I might have fairly short arms as well. I don't know what the average arm length is, but I think my uh, arms are a wee bit short as well. But I've had a lovely week. I've uh, been up into the uh, into the foothills here in a lovely cabin. It's been uh, absolutely lovely getting away from it all. 
getting away from my naughty little dogs for a few days. Now, I, I would l wish I could take them, but you know, they would be absolute uh, abomination if you sort of let loose and rummaging around and really, uh, really causing all sorts of trouble. Uh, wouldn't, and that would not be uh, the order of play, would it? No, actually, not order of play. So I just want to get to you, uh, I want to get you the results of the 330 at Aintree. It's a Grand National Festival. One of my, it's a great sporting weekend. It's one of my favorites. Grand National, US Masters Golf. So absolutely love the names. This is the 330 results at Aintree. So these are some of the ones you had. The Roman de Senam didn't run uh, discordantly. Tamarock de Mathin, Royal Rendezvous. That sounds like an episode of The Crown. There were lots of Royal Rendezvous back in the uh, 70s and 80s, it seems. I should have put my money on Colorado Dock at 40 to 1. Yeah, didn't finish quite so well. Foxy Jacks. Wouldn't you love to go out with Foxy Jacks on a Friday night? Windsor Avenue. And my favorite, I think, of all. Morning, Vicar! Morning, Vicar! Uh, Misty, Mr. Whitaker. Yes, uh, the curtains are pulled across. And you want to see what Mr. Whitaker's up to. Fantastic Lady. Well, there we go. i just spent a few days with a fantastic lady. Uh, Cobo Lobo. Cobo Lobo. Sounds like a wonderful sort of uh, margarita mix, doesn't it? Yes. Can I have, uh, please, the frozen Kobo Lobo? Probably wake up with, note, uh, with a hangover notebook. Uh, and then also sizzling potsy. <laughs> yes, uh, don't know if you chaps have met sizzling potsy before. The, the absolute delight. Just don't want to stay too late with sizzling potsy. Via Del Rosso, Mr. Coffrey. Mr. Coffrey? Hello there, Mr. Coffrey. Uh, Snugsborough Hall. Yeah, that, that's where I think I spent the last four days. It's been, yes, I've had my... Uh, where have you been for the last few days? Well, I've just been to Snugsborough Hall. Very snuggly-wuggly. Uh, Five-star getaway. Riders on the Storm. Regal Encore. And then uh, probably my daughter's favourite, Killer Clown. <laughs> Who put money on Killer Clown? Battle over Doyen, Palmer's Hill, Senior Citizen, Janica, and then uh, possibly my, my favorite uh, mover. My favorite mover. You can move all your stuff. You've got Pink-Eyed Pedro. Just don't get too close to him. Uh, Spirit of the Games, Frankie de Belay's, Anna Mix, Batsio, and the winner of the 330 Daintree. <laughs> this is going back to the 90s. McTotty. Yes, uh, what are you doing this weekend? Well, I'm going to have some lovely McTotty. Today on the programme, we've got a couple of subjects here. We may or may not talk about these items today. They may go missing, like the missing shoe and sock and underwear vortex. I think we talked about this before in the show. I mean, we, you'd have to forgive me. When, when you have this much material, sometimes you cross over things slightly again. But the missing shoe, sock, underwear, vortex. Also, I never forget a cheese. Also, professional shoe shoppers bring their own footies. Never knew they were called footies, but they're footies. Uh, and also the movie theatre snack thing again. I rambled on about this last week. But I think I've got a solution for it. I've got a solution for this whole situation. Uh, also, how I uh, smuggled some popcorn in. This is where a, uh, the big and tall does come in handy not necessarily the tall or you could tuck a packet of popcorn in a, in a loose fitting jean i suppose 
It'd have to be a flexi jean if you're fitting two bags of popcorn down there. And uh, they'd probably be for your own enjoyment. You wouldn't want anybody else touching touching your popcorn after they've been padding your bottom for about 10 minutes before you get into the movie theater. And you don't accidentally get down. You don't want sort of crushed popcorn. And I imagine pop, popcorn in the crack could be rather, rather uncomfortable. Uh, also, these Vibram shoes. This I saw a chap. He looked like a rubber lizard. He had these Vibram shoes on. They're not shoes, they're like a, like an old 1980s swimming sock, but moulded to the feet. Very, very odd. We'll be discussing that as well. If you have a cabin, you need two bathrooms, an essential there, I think, for all poor ladies concerned. Uh, also, the mystery fireplace turning on. Was there a ghost in the cabin? Was there a ghost in the cabin? Um, it's my birthday. I can cry if I want to. And I cannot bear this B-E-A-R anymore. I hope there would be a bear. No bears appeared at the window. There was a voodoo owl, though. A voodoo owl. We're going to be talking about masseuses, wandering hands. This is why you need an extra long shirt. You don't want your masseuse tucking in your shirt for you, do you? Desert suicide. Well, not desert. How about dessert? Come on, chappy. You're reading a script. You think this is... You think this is rambled and, uh, and, and pieced together with a little bit of Gorilla Glue... Uh, but it, basically, it's a jigsaw puzzle that makes no sense, this podcast. Well, no, I take some notes through the week here. No, dessert suicide, pudding suicide. Have you ever been in that situation as well? Uh, we have some trample trombone. I'm sure we'll have some rate my plate as well. Very British problems, always one of my favorites here. Uh, but that is in line. That is the running order for the show. Uh, well, running order, it's more like a gentle gentle sort of stroll order, really. The US Masters this year really should be renamed the Tiger Woods Show. Because ever since he played that practice round, I think last week, when he took his son to Augusta, everybody's been speculating. And yesterday was like a blow-by-blow account. It really was the, uh, the Tiger Woods Show. The entire four hours. I don't think they missed a shot. I mean, this is the thing. I, I love watching Woods play. I mean, he is a man mountain of the game. And I do hate the whole thing with the goat. Greatest of all time. I mean, why pick one of these sort of ugliest animals that basically will eat anything as your uh, moniker for the greatest of all time? But I think, you know, you have to give some other players a look. And this is why I have to watch the UK version of the US Masters when it's broadcast, but I want to see some of the European players play. If not, I'm going to see just American players playing. And I guess I'm in America, so they're going to show American players playing. But I don't want to see everything doesn't have to be Tiger Woods. I want to see a few other people playing. And I want to see Woods' good shots as well. Anyway, the Masters is like a, basically a childhood dream. I've been watching the Masters, I think, since. 1989 when Nick Faldo won and uh, it is a stuff of dreams for me it still is the most exciting beautiful place where they paint the fairways as a slight uh, there's a slight disruption of the grass or somebody scrapped up the grass or there's a dead piece they'll just paint it green they'll dye the water water blue or they used to I noticed yesterday some of the waters were a little the waters were a little bit muddy the waters had been muddied but anyway, so we're going talking about the uh, whole shoe sock uh, underwear vortex. 
is there somewhere in the sky? I mean, as you meet, as you meet St. Peter at the gate, do you say, um, yes, uh, okay, chappy, you know, St. Peter's licking his pencil here. You have a pair of, um, yes, you have a pair of uh, lime green uh, underwear, two holes uh, in the crotch uh, with, uh, with palm trees on from circa uh, probably 1998. Do these belong to you? You have one sock. It's a uh, pink with purple stripes. Uh, the little uh, the, the, your sharp toenail has, uh, has bruised uh, the bruised the pinky side, and it's just about to pop out. Is that your sock? So does St. Peter have uh, a whole itinerary, a basic uh, laundry list, literally a laundry list of all of your clothes that have gone missing? Boxer shorts, yes, check. Uh, and I imagine uh, socks, obviously, as well. You never have that. And, and shoes as well. If you've got a lot of brown shoes, you, you know, well, I'm missing that uh, that brown penny loafer from 2005. I've got the other one, but where the hell has the other one gone? The matching one, the, ri- the right-handed or the right-footed uh, brown loafer. Where has it gone? I mean, it must be even worse for girls. If you've got like a flimsy slinky sort of thong thing i mean Edgar must go missing or or you know maybe st peter takes the loose lacy tight minimal thong for himself you know you at the, at the, at the golden gates of st peter he's got the golden bejeweled encrusted thong as well it's, it's entirely possible i think i don't think i have a very good palate for wine in particular i don't have well i mean I have a nose but my nose doesn't really discern between a Chablis, a uh, Blanc de Blanc, or a 1968 Mouton Rothschild, or anything like that. So I don't really have that, but I never forget a cheese. I have the best palate when it comes to cheese. I think I have a love of cheese. I mean, this is part of this whole podcast. This is part of the fabric, the constitution of this podcast. I mean, it's very much like the British unwritten constitution, this podcast. But if there was to be any semblance of structure, cheese would probably form the foundation stone of the podcast. I mean, I'd probably have, you know, maybe a harder cheddar or an aged gouda as the foundation. You know, so if I like fall over and on my deathbed, I could like gnaw away at an aged gouda as I, uh, as I, as I, before I reach the mortal coil so to speak but then um you know i might want uh, some chevre i might want some goat's cheese sort of hanging from the ceilings like a chandelier to gnaw on uh maybe some uh, the wall scattered with some beautiful gorgonzola or a stilton that sort of marbling effect maybe a, maybe i'd have a, a stilton sort of marble work surface it's got the marbling, but you can still take a gnaw of a, of a beautiful blue cheese or something along those lines. I mean, cheddar's my favourite. I mean, my my grandfather Frank um, and grandmother Joy, they very much got me into the cathedral, the aged cheddar, the mature cheddar, love a mature cheddar. And it's really sort of developed from since, since then. I mean, I think the Cabot Vintage Reserve, I think I talked on one of the very first podcasts, in Wax... I mean, there's something very, very special about a, a wax cheese. 
and uh, hopefully if I get back to go back to the UK this this Christmas season then I can try some of the Black Bomber again I mean it's basically a circular masterpiece of an aged cheddar cheese in black wax and it's called the Black Bomber and uh, it is a, a marvel but I never forget a cheese I think you could blindfold me and do cheese testing cheese taste testing and I'll be able to probably uh, smell uh, quite a pungent blue cheese from 50 yards and then the taste yeah I wasn't like you know in the 90s I didn't really smoke I had the occasional cigar but um, I don't think my uh, I don't think my palate was ruined by uh, by you know smoking or anything along those lines now luckily if i'd been in the music halls and you know had to sing a song or something then that might be that this is probably why i have this beautiful baritone uh semblance of a baritone uh, that you can hear probably not singing certainly not tone deaf you know i can i can i can sing i can sing like with the best of them on occasion maybe maybe slightly out of tune but as i said if you want a palate that is well constituted to cheese, I never, ever forget a cheese. So with COVID raging in some areas again, you may be wondering whether or not you should get the fourth dose of the COVID mRNA vaccine and whether, uh, but whether or not you should get your 87th dose. So real public health officials have recommended that you get 85 boosters. Nevertheless, a 61-year-old man in Germany reportedly had been vaccinated to 87 times against COVID. 87 times. Um, now, all of these doses didn't come in a single sitting, even at the same vaccination centre. He didn't just keep saying, thank you, sir, may I have some more? May I have some more? Over and over again with the vaccination staff obliging. And before you look at somebody... Uh, you're about to give your COVID-19 shot and ask, are you sure there aren't 87 doses in that syringe? This was not a mistake by the vaccination staff. No. Instead, apparently the man had visited different vaccination centers in the eastern German states of Saxony and Saxony-Anhalt on different days to keep getting more and more shots. Why would he do such a thing? Well, it wasn't as if the man was really, really worried about his waning immunity. And he didn't seem to accidentally misunderstand the number four being 87. Rather, the man allegedly was doing all this for money. Reportedly, each time the man showed up to get vaccinated, he was armed, so to speak, with another blank vaccination document. So the vaccine batch number could be filled in the document after he got the shot. He could then sell these documents to people who wanted to pretend they'd gotten vaccinated and needed a faux COVID-19 vaccination record. This scam may have worked, uh, on the first 80 or so times but eventually staff members recognized the man caught on notified the police when the man tried to get vaccinated in Allenberg this wasn't surprising if you're going to get anything over 80 times in a region chances are you'll eventually have to make repeat visits to the same location unless you're talking about a vanilla latte at Starbucks the German Red Cross has since pressed charges against him the man logged 87 vaccinations in the state of Saxony alone. He could have been very well gotten more doses in other German states. The Free Press 
didn't mention the man's name or details about his job situation. It's not clear how much the man was getting for each vaccination. Neither Glassdoor nor Salary.com has vaccination record card meals as a listed job title. The reason that US chocolate tastes different from European chocolate. So I was thinking about this the other day. The, uh, the Hershey's uh, Cadbury chocolate bar here in the US, they started using the same wrapper that you use on the genuine Cadbury's that's in the UK. The, uh, the creamy Cadbury's in the UK. So I was like uh, slightly uh, taken back by this and also dare I say a little bit excited until I tasted the chocolate. It was exactly the same as the usual American version of Cadbury's. Chocolate is a delightful delicacy that has been eating around the world for a millennia. In fact, it's believed that Mayans first began consuming chocolate in ancient uh, Mesoamerica more than 5,000 years ago, according to history. Back then, top quality, sippable chocolate was considered sacred exchange as valuable currency. Chocolate made in Europe debuted in the 16th century and later became popular in the United States via frame candy maker Milton Hersey. Today, the widely loved ingredient is also enjoyed by folks of all socioeconomic uh, uh, lifestyles and an assortment of forms, candies, baked goods, indulgent drinks, and so much more. If you've traveled across the pond to the UK and treated yourself to a serving or two of chocolate, or you've had the opportunity to munch on imported chocolate stateside, you may have noticed some discernible contrast in taste and texture. But is there a real difference in the formulas for American and European chocolate? The short answer is yes, and here's why. Maybe you can't get enough of Hershey's or Mars products, or maybe you're keen on Cadbury's or Toblerone. No matter what place of chocolatey origin you prefer, it's important to understand and appreciate key ways in which each style is made. According to the Candy Club, it all boils down to countries' unique food-making regulations. To put it simply, America and Europe differ when it comes to the amount of cocoa that can be used in recipes. The distinct flavor profiles and sources of the available ingredients and the ratios of raw ingredients such as milk, sugar, cacao beans. For instance, American chocolate typically uses cacao beans from South America. European chocolate uses cacao beans from West Africa. Let's use milk chocolate, one of the most beloved varieties on earth as an example. In the UK, milk chocolate must contain 25% or more cocoa solids, whereas in the US, milk chocolate must contain 10% or more. Uh, as far as each continent's chocolate truly tastes better, that's completely up to the consumer. Give me the creamy. Professional shoe shoppers bring their own footies. Now, I, have, I knew nothing about the footies. It's basically the uh, piece that goes over the foot and the heel. It's like a mini stocking, basically. Little footies that you wear when you go and wear shoes here. Well, ladies do, but they don't have any in the men's section. Now, if I want to try on a pair of shoes, I don't want uh, to have the remnants of some sweaty fella's shoe, uh, and so you know, sock issue, or dare I say, even worse than that, troll's feet naked in the shoe. Why don't they allow men to have footies that they can put on? Now, I did try to put on a lady's footy the other day. Not, oh, matron, we're putting a footy. And, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't generally wear stockings. Only, as I said at the last podcast, when I was once an ugly sister, I think I slipped on a pair of stockings. I think that's the only time that I've ever worn or thought about wearing stockings. Although there are running stockings now. 
I don't think I would want to see somebody running along in stockings. Some guy, I mean, it's, you basically get the whole shake, rattle and roll going on as they're running along in stockings that do not leave very much to the imagination. But I, I do wish they would have footies for men so I could slip this on and then I can put a pair of shoes on as well. But I think maybe they cannot make industrial strength footies uh, because men often forget to cut their toenails and any any footy would be uh, ripped to shreds as soon as a, a man's troll feet is, is put in there and then the toenail starts to rip away the fabric. I mean, that's impo- that's possible as well. But I think ladies do carry, some ladies do carry their own footies. And it, uh, I mean, forget the very small sock. I want a very small stocking when I, uh, if I decide not to uh, go completely barefoot in my uh, boat shoes this summer, then, uh, a la- you know, the slight, a little bit of a lady's stocking, a lady's footy would be, uh, would be wonderful and stop all that rubbing and uh, blister making nonsense. Talking of ugly men's feet, the other day when I was in the barber, I mean, I, I see that when you go and get a haircut as a man and you have to get the hot towels, it's a very relaxing, sort of immersive experience. But something caught my eye. I saw this fella wearing these, like, rubber, rubber sort of, uh, they were almost like um, flippers, but they were molded to the feet. And they were these rubber Vibrams. Now, I guess everybody's into vibe and the vibe and being in the right vibe. But these Vibrams did not put me in the right vibe. They basically looked like some Marvel characters, some Marvel villains' uh, footwear. It looked like the lizard from Spider-Man's footwear. These sort of molded around and, and, and sort of accentuates the ugly feet with molded rubber, very minimal shoes. At least you're not seeing the hairy toes or anything along those lines. But the Vibram uh, shoe is one of the ugliest things I've ever ever seen. Now, I'm all about, I mean, comfort in shoes is one thing. But sometimes you have to, you have to crucify yourself for fashion, darlings. And this fella here, now they look comfortable. But they gave him from troll's feet to ugly lizard's feet. And I sort of almost wanted to take him away and show him a decent pair of Oxfords. This is what you should be wearing. As a man, you need to take off these rubber, dastardly lizard feet type things and put on a decent decent pair of Oxfords. Or if you want to go a little bit more casual, a driving moccasin. So if you want to get back to this workplace zen, or a little bit more zen in your life, landlines and ethernet cords are where it's at apparently. Armed with a slim laptop, and Wi-Fi hotspot, Bobby Tarleton used to work everywhere. Coffee shops, client offices, a 56-year-old who runs on online speakers platform felt like the archetype of the modern worker. Cords are for old people, she explained. Now, 50 foot of Ethernet cable snakes through a 100-year-old house in Lexington, Massachusetts, climbing over doorways, running up the staircase, taped to the floor upstairs hall. It's seriously ugly, she acknowledges. Good God, this is like me in the 1980s. And she loves it. I'm sitting down, I'm plugging in some hybrid and remote workers embracing the joys of hardy old school technology, untangling wired headphones, unearthing cords from the box in the back of the closet and rediscovering the delight of the rigging phone that's tethered to the wall. Miss Carlton says a sick of video feeds that splutter and freeze as family members stuck down the bandwidth or calls that drop. 
into ether, into the ether, with no notice. They would like to safeguard themselves from themselves. For all of the technology failings, where one's insisting on dial-ins with 11-digit passcodes, what could have been an email, we spend hours scrolling Instagram when we should be finishing that PowerPoint. It's hard to do that while holding a landline phone to your ear. Maybe reverting to the stripped-down tech of, uh, of your can help. Is the equivalent of comfort suits at Maya Maya, the on-air host of streaming show based in Los Angeles. Anything analog to me is the equivalent of where things are safe or calm. That's why she's recently begun paying $12.99 a month to a service of cordless Panasonic phones she can cradle on her shoulder like the old times. It rarely rings, but the fact that her colleagues have the number has freed her to pop her cell phone with all its inherent distractions into a drawer in her home office for hours at a time without panic about being unreachable like going from mp3s to vinyl but it wasn't it's like going from mp3s to worse mp3s then the spam calls came back again at all hours any of us don't want to move forward old technology takes us back to a time when life was less complicated we picked up the phone if we wanted to talk to somebody switched on the telephone television if we want to be entertained i think a lot of nostalgia that people might have is from having fewer choices a six foot pet bird ended up in the police van after it legged down from the owner's garden and went to explore the three-year-old Rhea did a runner from David Hartley's field at the back of his home to the surprise of locals in Lancashire in the UK. Residents spotted the giant bird wandering down the street into the village. Cops were called out and managed to corner it in the driveway. Police put the bird in the back of the van. Get the back of that! Retired head teacher David said he had a wander into town. People are very good at telling me where he is. Probably they were absolutely flabbergasted and scared to their bones a lady came up to the car and took me down to the police uh, the police lady was excellent really sensible she didn't try to do anything which was the right thing as they can be dangerous well yes look at what rod hull and emu used to do during the 1970s and 80s then they got a big kick on them and they have a sharp beak but they're powerful and no brain and it panics they put them into the van and brought him back here He's never done anything like that before. I'm getting a bit old to be wrestling with rears. One local said, God knows how it got into the back of the van. Looks like he's looking, doing a bit of a big bird. A Lancashire spokesman says we were called at 10.24 on Sunday to report the bird. And it's seen at the back of a property of Victoria Muse in Irby. We attended and located the owners of the bird. And it was returned home safely at 11 o'clock after getting a lift in the back of the police van. Another edition of Rate My Plate. Rate My Plate now on Twitter. We have Poached Egg on Toast by Ricky R. And basically he's got um, some very, very pink back bacon that he's formed into a, a circle. Uh, right at the top, uh, right at the top of the tree, uh, there is a poached egg that has basically got a gash down it. And there's a dripping uh, yolk coming from this. Um, you have to see it to believe it, to be honest. But uh, so there's a lot of pink in here. And then a, a small little bud uh, that uh, is really the yolk. And then the, uh, the uh, yolk <laughs> is dripping all over the pink, basically. The pink back bacon. Uh, these are some of the remarks here. Forget to cook the bacon. 
You like your bacon burnt to a crisp. That's perfect, man. Crispy bacon is wrong. Seven out of ten. Bacon looks dry, though. Dry? It looks the exact opposite to dry. It looks beautiful. Dry would be if it was shrunk, frazzled, and crispy. Uh, and then, why is it in your hand? It looks like... Um, location, location. Location for Pokes egg gone wrong. I see a congealed egg. The bread looks like shite. The bacon is undercooked. Ah, exactly how I like my poachies served. Shoved in my face on somebody else's end. A touch of brown sauce. And that'd be amazing. My favourite of all. That probably tastes lovely. But it looks like he posted a screenshot from that infamous scene out of Basic Instinct. For managing to hit the pause button at the precise moment. Unfathomably... A new survey found that 39% of 18 to 30-year-olds have never tried a baked Alaska. Though it's meringue and ice cream set on fire, which is both delicious and Instagram gold, Arctic roll and spotted dick, are also on the list of puds that are practically endangered thanks to Gen Z. Admittedly, the latter doesn't make a good hashtag. Yeah, hashtag spotted dick. Take your skinny jeans and side partings, but we'll never give up the puddings of our youth. Cafe Cecilia, one of the hardest to book new restaurants in London, does a lo-fi rice pudding with marmalade ice cream. The Little Chart Room, one of the hardest to book restaurants in Leith, makes a version of ginger and apricot. Also, the seasonal versions served cold at the Little Duck Picklery in London. You can find a banana split on the menu at Fishers in Marylebone. Rum Baba at the Palmerston in Edinburgh, an Arctic roll at the London's Rochelle's Canteen, a recipe for pineapple upside-down cake on Nigella's Lawson's Instagram, and even a melon sliced with sorbet at Session Arts in Clerkenwell. Make your homage to Abigail's party, or just buy a lovely Vionetta. OMG! Trump or trombone. It came a little too close for comfort, allegedly biting a California congressman and about five other victims on Capitol Hill before hightailing it around the Russell Senate office building. The so-called Senate Fox prompted Capitol Police to warn of aggressive Fox encounters on uh, Thursday afternoon, urging the people, please do not approach any Foxes. The furry fiascos, a four-legged trickster hounded uh, Representative Amy Barrett of California biting the back of his leg on Monday night. As the Fox say, last night I found out he tweeted after telling reporters about the encounter. Joking aside, Anna Boyd's extremely serious in the case of this encounter. Please speak to a physician immediately. Out of the abundance of caution and per the attending physician's recommendation, Rep Bearer feels well and is at work today after the, uh, after the Fox bite. Capitol Police came out saying that the Fox ran off. The Fox also allegedly bit a Politico reporter. Fox News said roughly six people reported bites or nips, but the exact number of attacks was not immediately available. It's not clear if there was one aggressive fox or a number of aggressive foxes, but there are several fox dens around the capital by uh, all accounts. So we had the situation with an aggressive fox running rampant around Washington, D.C., uh, also, uh, the title of the article, please track and nab Senate Fox after it hounds Democrat on Capitol grounds. A rabid fox hounding Democrats? It sounds like Lauren Bobart.
And video call mishaps became the breakout light entertainment genre of the COVID crisis, but one California couple may have just topped them all. Damien Malowski was in a weekly virtual call when his husband wandered into the room naked only to realise his mistake and zoomed to the floor to hide. The not-safe-for-work moment amused Damien's colleagues who chuckled at Jason Bowers uh, typing a message on his phone, clocked his partner's camera and instantly dropped out of sight. Luckily for the pair, a conveniently placed chair saved Jason from further embarrassment. Look a little bit like Fat Larry's band in the background. Literally zooming. And a shake who holds the world record for the biggest collection of 4x4 cars has now built the planet, planet's biggest Hummer. A 46-foot, 20-foot wide and 21.6-foot tall monster truck dwarves ordinary Hummers and looks ridiculously large in comparison. The gas-guzzling giant will run on four diesel engines and has a toilet and sink and the first of its two floors. Carmad Sheikh Hamid bin Hamdan al Narin from the United Arab Emirates commissioned a vehicle for his uh, Sharjah Off-Road History Museum. The Sheikh, a billionaire member of the Emirati uh, royal family, boasts the Guinness World record of a collection of 718 4x4 models. His latest ride, the so-called Hummer H1 Time 3, was driven to the museum on public roads to the astonishment of the locals. It's capable of a top speed of 32 kilometers per hour. Definitely a case of shake your money maker. Thank you very much for listening to the 179th episode of Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese. I'll be back with the 180th episode before the end of the weekend. But if you like the podcast, like them, subscribe where you can. Follow me on Instagram uh, at Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese. Twitter at Keep Cheese if you want to see the nonsense that I provide to you on a almost a daily basis. I've been a little bit remiss me recently, though. It's exhausting, this whole social media thing. I haven't shown my face for a while as well. Not that you need the face. I mean, you probably think it's a complete April fall. Uh, but uh, you can listen basically on all audio platforms. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Slacker Breaker, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Amazon Music. Uh, is uh, The number of ones there. But basically, I mean, it, as you could probably put your ear to that wheel of that Hummer, and here, keep calm and cauliflower cheese emanating from the big tread of that big beastie vehicle, the Hummer. But if you do like music, though, if you love music, then listen to Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese, the Butler Emporium musical edition on Spotify. And this week, we have such tracks from Janet Jackson. The, the new album from Father John Misty, uh, Barry Manilow. We have uh, also some George Michael, Ed Sheeran, McFly, Brian Ferry. We have some Fat Larry Band as well, some uh, Anita Baker. It's a real enjoyable musical uh, masterpiece, a musical meister of an edition of the uh, Butler Emporium musical edition on playlist. But we do have coming up next a sort of springtime poem for you. This is William Wordsworth, An April Morning Fresh and Clear. It was an April morning fresh and clear. The river lay delighting in its strength, ran with a man, speed and yet the voice of waters, which the winter had supplied, was softened down in a vernal tone. The spirit of enjoyment and desire and hopes and wishes from all the living things went circling like a multitude of sounds. The budding grows seemed eager to urge on the first steps of June as if it was various hues that were hindrances that stood between them and their object, but meanwhile prevailed. 
such an entire consentment of the air that every naked ash and tardy tree yet leafless showed as in the countenance which it looked like on this delightful day were natives to the summer up the brook i roamed in the confusion of my heart alive to all things and forgetting all at length to a sudden turning came in this continuous glen where a rock the stream so ardent in its course before sent forth such sallies of glad sound that all i till and then i heard appeared the voice of common pleasure beast and bird the lamb the shepherd's dog the linnet and the thrush Veed with this waterfall had made a song which I'd listened to, seemed like the wild growth, or some natural produce in the air that could cease to be. Green leaves were here. It was twas the foliage of the rocks, the birch, the yew, the holly, the bright green thorn, the hanging islands of resplendent firs, and on a summit distant of short space that should look beyond the dell a single mountain cottage might be seen i gazed and gazed to myself i said our thoughts at least are ours in this wild nook my emma i'll dedicate to thee soon did the spot become on my other home my dwelling and my out of doors abode and of the shepherds who have seen me there to whom i sometimes in our idle talk have told this fancy two or three perhaps years after we've gone and in our graves that when we cause to speak of this wild place May it be called the name of Emma's Dell. There will be another audio visitation before the end of the weekend. I'm going to do the Masters and some Grand National from Aintree. But do not fear, I will return. Until next time, I hope you listen to the back catalogue of Chappie's greatest hits. Cheerio for now. <laughs>